Hi, this is Tim Ackesy from Atlanta, Georgia. Tonight's topic involves a special category of beliefs that I call rigid beliefs. They're rigid like a steel bar. We can be a prisoner to the belief almost as though we're in a straitjacket, if a belief could keep us in a straitjacket or a pillory in old times. But I was in a training for neurosemantics in 2001, and L. Michael Hall asked the audience, what's a belief? We all looked around like, well, a belief is a belief, right? <laughs> what's the next question? Then he wrote on a board, a belief equals words plus affirmation. A belief equals words plus affirmation. Whose words are my words? Who's affirming them? I am. In some case, I've been affirming them for decades. So I'm going to give you an example. And what two of my personal examples, one is when I was working at a hotel in downtown Atlanta and I applied for management training and the person who interviewed me looked down, they had glasses on their nose tip, you know, and said, with your stutter, do you think you can do it? You know, he can walk away from that and go, wow, is my stuttering that big of a deal? Have people been talking about it? So you can form very rigid beliefs. When I was in graduate school, a well-meaning person said to me in privacy, Tim, you stutter too much to be a speech pathologist. You stutter too much. Now, this person was a figure of authority, and it can be hypnotizing when you have an experience like this. These are traumatic experiences if you're a person who stutters. They can be. Depends how sensitive we are. Depends on where we are on our journey. I was once helping a person getting their doctorate in physical therapy, and they were out on an externship getting experience with children. And the supervisor came to grade this individual. This individual stutters. The supervisor was not aware of the stuttering. Now, the supervisor's on faculty at the university and witnessed all the stuttering as the physical therapy student was doing the exercises with the children. When the children went back to class, the professor looked at my client and said, you can't become a physical therapist with a stutter like that. You could put children in danger. What if there was a fire drill, an active shooter or something, and you cannot communicate with the children? I'm highly concerned. What are we going to do about this? So this person is about to graduate. They're in their final, final semester, and they are freaking out. You agree that this could create what's called a rigid belief where you are convinced that your stuttering creates a glass ceiling in your career and your life because someone said it. I, I, I was certified in hypnosis in 99. I wanted to understand how it worked, what its limitations were, and so forth. And a working definition for hypnosis is this. You're in a heightened state of attention with 
a lot of suggestibility. I think what I want to say is a focused state of attention with heightened suggestibility. Yeah, thank you. That's the definition. So a figure of authority, let's pretend you're a young accountant at a big accounting firm and one of the partners says to you, hey, you've got to do some work on your speech before we can put you in front of our clients and send you to that conference. That stuttering is, is an issue for the firm. So that partner is a figure of authority and so he can hypnotize you with his words. Everyone who stutters has had these experiences when a figure of authority has said something, or it could be a teasing incident, where it forms this rigid belief. I just met a 13-year-old who stutters, and she had visited a clinic here in Metro Atlanta, and she poured her soul out. She was crying. And she told the person, you know, I can, it's okay if I stutter just a little, but, you know, the like blocking when my eyes close, my head goes up and down, I've got, I just, you know, I, I don't want to do that anymore. And the in, individual said, you'll never be able to talk the way you want. You just have to learn to accept and embrace the stutter. Well, again, this is a figure of authority telling a 13-year-old that, you can't speak the way you want. I'll tell you how you can talk. Remember, the map is not the territory. So I'm very happy to share that that young lady's now here with me. And um, I'm going to meet her where she is and help her to meet her goals better. People can have a family history of stuttering. There's a lot of my uncles, my grandpa stutters. Therefore, I'm stuck. That's a rigid belief. On my side of the, my dad's side of the family, I had multiple adults who stutter. Then I came along and I'm doing just fine. So family history of stuttering, it's important to make note uh, with young children to encourage speech therapy because they are more at risk. The thing is, it's not, it doesn't, it's not a dead end. So again, our theme today here is rigid beliefs. Now let's talk about this guy named Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles is, I think, about 5'9". He's about 200 pounds. His legs were like tree trunks. And I was reading his story. He was told he would never be drafted into the NFL because of his size. Not only was he drafted, he got slapped with a franchise tag by the Chargers. And then he went to the Saints and the Eagles. He played more than 10 years in the NFL at the highest capacity as a running back, a punt returner, kickoff returner, complete phenom. He also stutters. So this is a case of Darren could have listened to people who said, you're not going to get drafted. And I'm quite sure his stuttering was difficult as a child, but he didn't listen to these people telling him what he could or could not do. As you know, I'm here in Atlanta, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was thinking about Mayor Maynard Jackson, who was the first African-American mayor in 74. And I was reading some of his, his, his material online and becoming the first mayor of color in the Deep South in Atlanta, Georgia in 74 was very difficult. 
but he did two terms. I had the opportunity to meet him multiple times when I worked at the hotel, and he was very pleasant. He was very kind to me. And I, you know, just think about, again, people telling you what you can and cannot do. And you just have to say no to the beliefs because we can get hypnotized. Now, I have an exercise for you to do. Take a sheet of paper and write a belief, something like this. Stuttering means I'm different. Stuttering means I'm awkward. Stuttering means I'm not competent in sales. Hold that up in front of you. Look at this belief and rip that sheet of paper, rip it into 50 pieces, whip it in the trash can. It's your first exercise of destroying a belief. So yes, there are moments that are difficult. Yes, somebody who's in law school, who's stuttering, and their advisor pulls them aside and says, hey, you might want to get speech therapy. You know, these are moments that can create these beliefs. The other thing is it rationalizes other beliefs. So I've had experience as a kid, teasing and bullying, mocking, criticism of my stuttering. I get into college and a professor, you know, brings it up or whatever. And what happens is we rationalize the belief. We give the belief even more power than it already had. But think about Darren Sproles, James Earl Jones, who grew up stuttering, and Emily Blunt, and Maynard Jackson here in Atlanta, Georgia. And the list goes on and on and on of people who just refused to be stopped. So forge ahead and Remember that you can accomplish anything you want, stutter or no stutter. Thank you.